Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Thank you. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. I'm MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. And together we are Sober Sisters Talk. So before we start, um, I did want to thank our um, sponsor, Pure Coffee, for being our sponsor. And Pure Coffee is off of I-10 at um, I-10 and Antoine. And they have, I mean, I'm addicted to this stuff. They have the best coffee. I stop there every morning. So if you want to run into me, you can see me there between 7.50 and 8.10 every morning. And if you say that you're a sober sister, you get a 10% discount on your coffee. You get a 10% discount on your coffee. And they have a point system. I saw this today. I was like, hey, how come I don't get have a point thing? Um, so I started going to, to Pure Coffee to support them in the pandemic, and then I got hooked. So it's an independent little coffee shop. Great, and they, they're sponsoring us, so we invite you to go there. And they're here in Houston, so yeah. they're spelled P-U-R-A, Pura Coffee. I-10 and Antoine. It's right on the feeder road. So yeah. thank you thank you for that word from our sponsor. You know, MG and I, we always have this little conversation um, before we start. It's real intentional. <laughs> Directional. And uh, we were kind of, you know, throwing around some, you know, topics and some stuff that's going on. And it's usually, you know, relevant about what's going on with one of us or um, one of our sponsees in their program. And uh, she had just mentioned something that made me think of, um, so what our fear does to us, you know, our fear of fill in the blank, fear, fear of like, you know, you've got this situation with the cat. I've got this situation where I'm dating. And so that fear can push us to do things, you know, and to distract ourselves from dealing with the fear. Because if we went back, like, you know, with this, go ahead and finish your thought. I was going to say, so the way that we deal with the fear is with distraction. So that's, that's one way of like coping with it. And, you know, we could have like the distraction of, you know, a pandemic or a presidential election or all these things that are like, uh, you know, uh, potentially fear inciting. I mean, I feel like if I were weller, if I were a more enlightened person, I would be more neutral that I would just be floating along, you know, six inches above the, you know, uh, floor, just in this nirvanic state. But you know, I'm not, I'm not that enlightened yet. So, 
I do have a, a response to it. And uh, in terms of recovery, sometimes those responses are healthier or not as healthy. Well, I think that for me, what I have to do is look at, you know, is this a coping mechanism? So we were talking about the pets and I, you know, I can do this with my granddaughters and I can do this with my family and I can do this with my pets where I fill that love void with that. But and that's okay, Elizabeth, right? Isn't that okay? I think it to is. Find to find comfort extent, from that? To an extent, you know? And I think that's the thing is, it's like, and that's the thing is like what you just said, it is okay. I mean, there, what's wrong with that? Like, I do, I love, I mean, people get pets because they're filling a void. And, you know, I hang out with my family and, and I love doing that and being there for them. And it's a mutual, um, you know, it's a mutual desire for us to be together and to have this close relationship. But the thing is, is that then I have to look and go like, okay, but I haven't, you know, I haven't had a relationship for a very long time, you know, more than 15 years. And you want a relationship. I think and I that, want one. Right. Like, I don't, I don't have any desire to do that. You know, I want to do artistic projects. I want to, you know, do things like that. I want like it that. to drop in my lap. I want it to just appear. <laughs> well, that's okay, too. I mean, but, you know, you got to get to some manifest manifestation and some visualization about that because I believe that can happen we've seen it happen you know I have I you know and I am doing some work around that but it is you know I do find myself you know and I think we can do it with tv you know we can do it with um binge watching and you know there's all sorts of ways to do this and I think this is fine line between caring for ourselves and distracting ourselves so instead of distraction, focus on direction. Now, I have a friend who's uh, one of my book club lady friends, and she allocates 30 minutes to an hour every day to sit and think and do nothing. She doesn't distract herself with TV. She doesn't read. She gets very intentional. Sometimes she'll have like a her little... Um, journal by her so in case she has some thoughts she might like jot those down but it's so it's almost like a open meditation she's not actively changing anything she's just sitting quietly with herself I and, like this because she's not trying to direct her thoughts like I do meditation and try to quiet you know and oh my god what is wrong with you know but I like this sort of you know way to do this in a <laughs> where I can just, you know, I do. I really think it's healthy. Well, she she loves it, and it's a really important part of her morning ritual. She also has a ritual in the afternoon. She's retired, by the way, so she can, you know, have this time, and she's, you know, they don't have to worry about money. So, you know, when I can get there, I'll be able to do this exercise. But in the afternoon, you know, she takes a nap between 3 and 4.30. I mean, it's like that's her nap time. So... She has a very structured life, but what she does is she structures in these specific times for self-care and for downtime where she's not being distracted, but she's like holding the space for her own reality, I think. And, you know, because for me, I feel like I have to be in action about something. So my 
distracting, you know, what I do for distraction, whether it's, they call it doom scrolling, you know, you're on the phone, like, you know, doom scrolling through Facebook or whatever, or, you know, listening to the TV news or, you know, doing a binge watch or whatever. It's another way for me to check out. And it's not like any other thoughts are coming in from the universe or from God or, you know, my own intuition, but sitting quietly and like, you know, thinking what's up. So I've been trying to do this in small moments and it's really been, you know, good. Because I notice like when you're talking, what can, what, what I notice for me, what comes up is that in this pandemic, I do not have the outlets of saying, you know, being at dinner after a meeting with my friends and going like, yeah, I was kind of thinking about blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I was kind of thinking about maybe, what do you think, you know, about this? I mean, we used to do that. We used to talk about like, you know, I want to move or I want to remodel or how's the dating going and getting feedback around it, you know? And I miss that. I don't have somebody to do that with. And I miss that part of it. And so I love this sort of like, free time to just like think and kind of maybe you know ask yourself like (laughs) what do you think (laughs) what can I do differently you know well and that can be like part of the 11th step so maybe this can be you know part of an 11th step exercise you know sought through prayer and meditation whatever that means for you and it could be part of that where you know I've been thinking right like you know God what's your will for me and like being being open to that so You know, we're kind of all over the place, listeners, and, uh, you know, and that's just okay because, you know, for me, it's Friday at the end of the week. I've been dealing with some health issues. and we should mention, we're at the end of this election week, and we don't have an answer here, and so it's sort of tumultuous, you know, and it is really easy to, you know, find ways to distract ourselves, you know, and... I think that for me, like what I have to be really, you know, talking about this and thinking about this is that I want to be really aware. Am I distracting myself or am I practicing self-care? Right. Because it can be like my Friday night ritual is after I do, uh, you know, we do the podcast, we do our meeting, you know, I watch the Mandalorian or whatever show that I'm, you know, wanting to watch. I get popcorn, and it's like, you know, so I'm very intentional about that. It's not like I'm just like, oh, what's on TV? You know, I know what, right, right, right. right. And I think that, you know, my book club friend's exercise of being quiet is like an exercise in getting grounded, groundedness. And so I think groundedness, intentionality, clarity, like what are we doing? What are we thinking? I think is helpful for me as the long-term recovered person. Now, this is an exercise for a lot of our listeners. You know, if you're like white knuckling it and you're just now getting sober, you know, this might not be, uh, you know, what you need to hear. But for those who have, you know, been sober for a long period of time, it's like, how do we get happy? How do we stay happy? I think these can be beneficial topics for discussion. Well, and I also do want to say if you are, in withdrawal and 
you are, you know, white knuckling at distraction is something I used all the time. It was you know, key. I distract myself. I remember one day I watched a movie. I watched the same movie. Um, something's got to give six times in a row and just replay it again. Cause it made me feel better. It made me feel good. And I have, you know, counseled many, many, many sponsees go, go to the store and just get stuff for chocolate chip cookies and then come home and make those. You need to redirect your mind because our minds get stuck in this thing. Like what you were talking about before, you know, um, where is he? Why hasn't he called? I'm, you know, it's, he doesn't like me because I'm too fat or he doesn't like me because I'm too skinny or he doesn't like me because I'm too old. The obsession, the obsession. And so the distraction really, it, it serves a purpose. Yeah. You know, it redirects you. Cuts it, that off. And it makes you focus. Like, so if I have to bake or take a bath and I remember this one night and I was like, how am I going to make it through the night? And I had this whole list of things I was going to do. I was going to take a bath. I was going to, um, give myself a pedicure. I was going to really, really slowly wash my hair and deep massage it and then deep, um, condition it. I had all these things I was going to do. And by the time I got done, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I looked and said, I better see what time it is. Two o'clock in the morning. I was like, Jesus, I never stay up this late. And I had distracted myself to the point of, of where I could go to bed and fall asleep without motherfucking acting out. Yeah. And that is awesome. Yes. When I need that, that is, you know. And those are strategies that, that are very effective. And I can, you know, I mean, still to this day, if I get into that you know, the whirling dervishes in my head and I'm trying to go to bed at night and I can't stop the hamster wheel going, you know, I put on like, for some reason, I don't know why it is, but there are these shows, these home improvement shows where they go in and they like, you know, redo the bathrooms or redo their homes. I find those like such great palate cleansers. It always turns out well. It's always beautiful in the end, you know, and I feel like, you know, I've actually, you know, dealt with the mold in the basement and now I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Oh, we dodged a bullet. Accomplish something. Yes. And so, you know, I'll watch those just to, you know, slow down my mind so that I don't have those thoughts. But, you know, as we recover and we have more sobriety and we have more serenity, you know, there are, uh, you know, I feel like we're fine tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning. Because I don't want to. Um, I don't want my thoughts to drive me. I like we were saying being intentional, but that takes rigor and that takes practice and it's uh you know, it's a little bit of work and my care one of my biggest character defects is of laziness and so I just want to say well just forget about it. So I think that you know, I'm continuing to find my way, you're continuing to find your way and we're going to get there, you know. You know what I just thought of is like I did, I have been doing some work on manifesting. And one of the things that came up is um, I get triggered by people who do not want to put in the effort to the relationship. And the, it's, you know, the effort that it's going to take. And like, you know, my, my exes, you know, my, my ex-husband and my qualifier, they were not willing to put in the effort to maintain a marriage or a, a committed relationship they they just were not willing to and so when I get into that that where it feels like that 
it's very triggering for me. And so the thing is, is that I have to be willing to put in the effort to the relationship with me. That's really what long-term sobriety is for me. Like, do I know myself? Am I willing to continually, can I go to a meeting and sit there and listen and find my stuff showing up in there going, oh, that's for me. Can I talk to a sponsee and go like, ooh, that stuff's for me, you know? <laughs> and you know, you and I had a, a conversation, I don't know, I guess it was in September about making amends and I found out I need to make an amends to someone. And so I wrote that amends and I did it, you know, I wrote her a letter and it felt really good to do that, you know, to, to, to be adult about it and to own my part, you know? Damn it, you know, own my part. That's the part that I can change. But it takes, you gotta be willing to put the effort in. You know, you gotta do that hard stuff. What we talked about last week, that hard and scary stuff. You gotta put the effort in, not just into the relationship with other people, your romantic partner and your pets, and but yourself and your that sobriety. And that reminds me of the idea of crumbs. You know, we were so willing to accept crumbs from these worthless motherfuckers. Now, I mean, I'm being very pejorative, listeners, and I'm being very judgy. And, you know, of course these human beings had worth or whatever, but, you know, to me it was like... But they don't. (laughs) We're not right, listeners. We're not right. But I was willing to accept crumbs from these other humans. Let me say it like that. I was willing to accept crumbs. And so this idea of being okay with less comes from my family of origin. You know, I didn't get a lot growing up. I didn't get a lot of attention. I didn't get a lot of nurturing. And so I'm okay with less. I live very modestly. I, I, you know, I don't want for a lot. And so, you know that piece of it impacts my own recovery because it's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And that's, that's dangerous for me because when I rest on my laurels, then I can, you know, I'm, I'm giving space for something that if I don't like, it's the hole in the ground in the front yard. Chink in the armor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah It'll yeah. squeeze in there and find its way. Yeah. You know, um, but one of the things I, I noticed, though, that when you were sharing that is that, and you and I both have done hard work, you know, done those things where, you know, going to therapy and doing what a, a hard-ass sponsor tells you to do and, you know, doing those hard works and continually doing them. But it's also at the place where we are really easy to get to this place where it's like these distractions are filling the void, then I don't have to move. Because it looks, I mean, in, in the realm of where I was and where I am right now, yes, you know, just mountains and mountains higher or over or whatever, just way far away from where I was. Sure. But do I have what I want? And yeah. that is the key. And that's where. Or the... am I going like what you said? I'm okay. Right. And I mean, and I think this fine tuning that we're doing is, you know, taking our recovery to the next level. Right. So it's like because you know it's never going to end. 
you know, I heard one woman, I can remember it was over at the Bel Air Club. She was this old woman. We all loved it when she spoke. She's one of those like, oh, I love it when she speaks. And she said, you know, I, when, when they're pitching dirt on my, you know, casket, I'm going to be working through a self-esteem issue. You know, it's like the work will continue as long as we're alive and maybe even into the afterlife. So, And willing. Right. Right. And will, and people that are willing go to meetings. People that are willing, they show up. People that are willing have sponsees, sponsors and call them and say like, uh, can you listen to me? You know, they have support network and people that they can talk to and, and show up in that way. So I, I am still willing. It's, you know, it's challenging. Um, I, I just started taking this um, coaching course from, uh, a woman for dating, you know, and it's uncovering some stuff, you know, but I really want that. Well, I really want that partnership. And, you know, I, I say this often uh, that our program is our responsibility. Listen, if you're doing X, Y, and Z and still not staying sober, then maybe you need to do A, B, and G to stay sober. So our lives are also our responsibility. So if I'm feeling lack or I want something else, you know, right now I just want to be able to breathe. I've been diagnosed with asthma. Uh, I think I'm highly allergic to cats now that I'm putting it all together in terms of like when this cat has stayed with me, how I've been sick. And I, I definitely had mono, and the year before, I think I did have RSV. You know, I've, I've had some infections. But it's the healing afterwards. It's the right. drawing it out that is, you know. Being impacted because of my. That you're not thriving health-wise, right. but you want to be. Yes. I, I am not thriving. I have so many things going on in my life, and I feel like this is really good, and this is really good. But for me to be optimal, I I want to, I want to, I want to get on, I want to test thrive that. I want to try it out. I want to try out my sobriety, my recovery and put it out on a relationship and see <laughs> what happens. I think I can love. We're going to get it figured out. Thank you listeners for our sort of rambling. I do want to just encourage you though, that if you are a new and white knuckling it, find distractions. If you find yourself in this place where you're using distractions to live life and because you're afraid, then talk about that with your sponsor. Talk about that with someone in recovery. You can send us an email. Um, don't forget, if you're in Houston, stop by Pure Coffee. That's our sponsor. Um, you can go in there in the mornings. I can't really remember. There's Bree and Matt and Molly and Andrea and they all work there in the mornings and you tell them your sober sister's listening and they'll give you 10% off. And if you have any other questions, you can email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we also have a Facebook page. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk and you'll find us. And until next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.